Another win, another episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're having a hard time really not living up to the, the reputation of being the fair weather fans who only record after a big win. Um, we're back. We're back for another episode. Um, as you guys know, we've been trying hard to stay consistent and we're working towards that. Um, I have Joe with me and I also have Risto. So you guys, I uh, want to first check on you guys. How you guys doing today? Risto, I'll start with you, man. Um, how, how you been since the last time we recorded, which was what, before the UV match? It's been a couple yeah. of weeks. We were talking so much uh, of the Juventus game, and I think it lived up to the hype, especially uh-huh. before the game started. And I think uh-huh. as the game progressed more and more, we were, I don't know, I was content with the result because Juventus away was it was always going to be a hard and tough match but at the end of the day i think four points out of two matches against the direct um opposition is not a bad it's not a bad thing i would say no absolutely well that's a that's an interesting answer you said um that it, it lived up to the hype in your opinion and you also said that um you were happy with the results so that's something that i definitely want to circle back around to but first let's let's check in with joe how you been my bro it's been what two three weeks since we last recorded yeah i've been good i've been good um just finished the semester for school so things are going well there and yeah loving into right now (laughs) ah for real you guys heard that right he's he just finished the semester for school so if we don't get any more consistent episodes you guys can go at joe like joe you're not in school (laughs) why are you not recording at least a solo episode so guys Feel free to add pressure to Joe. Okay, he's not in school right now. He, he's he's on break. Um, all right, let's get let's get right into it, man. Um, Risto, you said that um, the Derby, the Derby d'Italia against Juve, um, in your opinion, it lived up to to um to the hype. Uh, I'm, I want to start start right off by giving a little pushback to that because um, I, I feel like okay, the first half, if anything, it, it lived up to the hype. It was a Derby, but the second half, it was more like too scared teams scared to make any um, mistakes and, and give up any points and it, it made for quite a quite a boring match to me so what do you mean like you want to expound on that to you what what do you mean um it lived up to the hype in your opinion i mean to me to me uh, for me a derby match is always a match that's uh, that's that has a lot of hype around it but also mm-hmm a match that you know both teams are very um tactical in terms of how they're going to attack and how they their game plan is going to be <clears throat> for me a derby match is not going to be a match that's going to end 4-3 that's not a derby match that's like that's a recreational true. match and <clears throat> at least in italy and in Serie A, as we have seen you know throughout our lives and uh, for the period that we have been following inter i think derby matches always end uh, in a low result uh, I think that trend changed a couple of years ago um, with the Italian managers emerging and the mentality changing in the league. Mm-hmm. And I think this match was, you know, uh, an epitome of everything that goes around in the league so far. I think Juventus went out and saw, um, or at least tested the waters uh, to see whether they can win. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they saw that Inter is going to be uh, in a mood today or uh, a dead day and they were not going to be you know, breezing throughout the match. And I think Allegri has set up the team very well. Uh, let's not yes. forget that their defense 
is consisted of gatti uh, and some like brugani brugani like what the fuck when <laughs> if there's any any team out there this is gatti and rugani in their starting um center back positions i think that team loses nine out of ten matches if they're not finished by well, but let's let's be also let's also be fair and also mention Bremer because he I guess he he balances that out a bit. That Bremer is easily top three center backs in the league right now, right? But I I, I want to throw it to Joe. How how do you feel? I mean, Risto, he really gave me a, a great answer. I, I I definitely understand now what he meant by it lived up to the hype. A, a derby, of course, they're usually very cagey tactical matches. So I guess um, the fact that we we even got to see a little bit of football in the first half where it was a bit open, we should consider mm-hmm. ourselves lucky because 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 mm-hmm. derbies are usually just those cagey tactical matches, especially before what it was what the thirteenth match. I mean match day thirteen, you know, not even fifteenth, you know. So we're really not gonna be taking those chances. So yeah, tell me, tell me, um, Joe, how do you feel about the derby? Um, what, what were your reactions? Well, um. First half was way more open, like you guys said. Um, I watched the match twice now. Um, and first half was much more open. Allegri was a little less Allegri. Um, and then gradually, after Inter scored the goal, they really started closing up shop. And then especially in the second half, both teams were very conservative. It became a very tactical battle. Um, that being said, I don't think it was a match... Inter could have won. If you look at, I'm not. I think Inter were the better team on the balance of play. Mm. But I think, in terms of, if you look at the match dynamics, to walk away with a point in that match, as opposed to going gung ho in the last 15 minutes, like Inzaghi would have probably done in the past. Yes. I think it was. It showed maturity from Inzaghi and the squad that they got a point. Because in the past, they would have opened up. They would throw numbers forward. Yeah. They would have, it would have been very risky. It would have been a very risky strategy. But now what we're seeing from this Inter is they know their moments. And I think that's very important. And above all the tactical analysis and the X's and O's, I think that's the mentality was there. And even if you're just taking a draw... And obviously, we want to win every match, right? It's a derby. We want to win. We want to crush them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to know what what your capabilities are that day. You're just coming off an international break. Lautaro was just – and some of these players were just involved in a very physical, cagey match in Brazil. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of travel. Sorry to so, touch in. That's something that we pointed out and they've pointed out uh, two weeks ago. That the international break, not only as a break of two weeks, but also the the fatigue of the of the players, especially the yeah, South that, American players. Yep, yeah, I have the travel. Yeah, very great point for both of you guys. Um, so yeah, I I, I want to add to that. Um, before we expand a little bit more in the match, uh, uh, as far as the result goes, um, like Joe Joe uh, brought brought it into perspective. Um, I'm 100 satisfied with it. It's going away to Juve, uh, not any Juve match. I mean, not any Juve side. Uh. uh second second best team in the league if you're looking at the table and um 
you, you get away with one point, you maintain your, your two point lead. And then, you know what, if anything, we'll see what happens when, when they play the other strong teams. Cause we, we have already done that, but let's, let's expound a bit more on the performance before we move on to the next match. Um, who do you guys, who do you guys think? Um, I mean, as far as, as that match, who do you guys think were our best performers? Who were you disappointed by? Um, and tell me uh, more about this game. Yeah. I'll start with you, Joe. So, one thing I've noticed tactically after watching it twice now was yeah. Allegri made a clear effort to shut down Inter's wingbacks. Yep. There was no width. Now, part of that's also in Zaghi. See, what we do sometimes to get, get a numerical advantage, because our wingbacks can't really beat their man. You know, DeMarco will play one the one-two one, to beat their man. Yeah, one-on-one, -on -one, they're not just they're – not, they're not dribblers, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So – one thing Zagi usually does is he brings over Barella on one side and Mkhitaryan to the other to kind of get a numerical evenness yeah. to allow the fullback to have a little more freedom, the wingback to have a little more freedom. Overlap and stuff, yeah. Yeah. So in this match, Zagi didn't do that as much. There was more conservativeness because they didn't want to be caught out in the break by Allegri's Juve. And I think – it's important to recognize that in terms of that's why the fullbacks didn't play well. That's why we the match wasn't as isn't as free as we usually like to see it. it, it there wasn't as much attacking initiative because we rely a lot on dump freeze and especially DiMarco for creativity. Yeah. yeah. And I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the goal, the goal was sensational. Yes. Um there was a beautiful build up. Um, one of the goals of the season in terms of team goals. Um, and the Lataro's run, the near post run that he made was amazing. Yes, and, yeah. and dare I say that was that was Icardi esque, you know. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we all we all from Inter Twitter, we know we know that one clip that it, it resurfaces a couple times a year, that silent clip in the Milan Derby where he's just silently it's like he's he's um He's stalking the spray, and then you see his movement. He fakes the run and then cuts back in at the last minute. That was that was awesome, and I agree with you, Joe. That goal, um, that was pure Inzaghi ball. That was direct football, three passes, and we were there. And what a weapon Turam has become, man. Um, I know we said it last episode that he's exceeded all our expectations, and he's con he's continued to do so. You know, it, it, we're sounding like broken records right now because we have to give this guy the praises. You know, even when he doesn't score, his ability to to bait defenders into following him in the box and drawing penalties. That's something that we need to really start highlighting because it seems like he's doing it on purpose as opposed to just, oh, he's getting lucky, he's getting fouled in the box. Um, so I want to go ahead and, and talk about the, the Juve goal since we, we didn't do that. We spoke about our goal. That was a very good goal. Um, of course, uh, it looks like it looks bad on, on Dumfries. And, you know, that's the ball that's, that he, he should easily deal with. But um, how do you guys feel? Do you guys feel like uh, that's something that, that was coming That's a, uh, or it's, it's, it's just a mistake that we kind of shot ourselves in the foot? Because I, I don't remember, but I feel like Juve, they, by the time that they scored, it felt like in the run of play that they were, they were the better team at the time. They were creating more chances. They had more of the ball. So from watching it, I didn't watch it live, but re-watching it, I kind of felt like the goal was coming, not necessarily from a mistake, but from from the run of play do you guys agree go ahead first John. yeah i mean uh it was in the air i think the goal was hanging in the air and it was lingering 
around the corner. And I think the most important thing in the situation was that they, yeah, uh, Chiesa went down the left side, he dribbled, crossed, uh, cut Sirin, and uh, Vlahovic out of nowhere scores a goal. I think it was a bad defending on our side because we outnumbered the, the Juventus attackers. But, yeah. you know, it happens. Lack of concentration, I think the buzziness, the atmosphere, and the, the situation uh, in, in, in general, I understand that. I think the most important thing, as we have spoken about uh, throughout the season and throughout uh, the past few years, is the, uh, the coming back period. Because that's something that the team has mastered under Conte and was lacking uh, in some matches uh, with uh, Inzaghi. I think this match and this season in general, I think the team has showed so much mentality and so much of the the, the positive uh, attributes that I, I would like to see in a team. In yeah. that, yeah, they always, like, they seem dangerous without doing anything. And for me, that's the mentality that you want in a team that, that's going to be a Scudetto winner or a potential Scudetto winner. Because... Not always you're going to dominate the match. We didn't dominate Juventus in the first half, quite the opposite. But at the end of the day, we showed passion. We, we had a few chances. In the second half, we restarted. And, you know, we drove the match uh, into a silence. I think that was the tactics. You know, you go out yeah. to Juventus not to lose because it's an away match. It's, it's a historically difficult match for Inter. Yeah. And I think the goal, as you said, was Icardi-esque. Uh, I loved the assist by uh, Turam. Mm -hmm. He has surprised me a lot. I expected yeah, some quality from him, but not to this extent, not this quick. Same, same. Uh, like, I've seen really good players in my lifetime, at mm -hmm. least attackers when it comes to Inter, but Turam is definitely up there because, like, I, I would like to, to, to praise not only Turam, but also Zomer because Zomer has been, yes, you know, that's that's something that like I'm positively surprised, especially uh, with Onana's you know flounders in the Champions League and, and the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, to go back to the match, I'm positively surprised because for me, a match against Juventus is a historically difficult match. We came on top of it, meaning yeah, we had the better players on field, but Allegri's tactics and Allegri's excellence has to be recognized. Uh, 100. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, both sides were uh, were fine with a with a draw. I don't know about what about you? No, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Um, and just to wrap up that match, um, I I, I agree. Uh, the result is 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 good for us as far as Inter fans go. And let's let's touch about the next game. Let's touch the following game. Um, the the game following that derby was in the Champions League. Uh, we traveled to, to Lisbon um, to play Benfica. And as we know, uh, Inzaghi made a whole lot of changes to the to the starting 11. I believe nine, if I'm not mistaken, nine changes he made. Eight and, or nine, uh, yeah. Eight or nine, yep. Yeah. And we know we knew how that went. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and start with Joe this time. Um, I want you to take me through it. Like, uh, I know you don't miss a game, so I'm sure you were watching it. Um, yeah. How how did you feel? I, I mean, I'm sure at first it was like, okay, you know what, whatever. Where if I get a, if we get, if we lose, it's okay. If we get a, a draw, it's okay. But as we're seeing the team go down 3 0, I'm sure the, the feelings changed. So, but go ahead, bro. 3 0 to John Mario Hattrick. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, I think this game is best symbolized by Jan Bisak in that. 
The first half, BSEC and Inter were a mess. A hot, hot mess. Um, defensively, everywhere, the midfield couldn't get a foothold in the game. Um, it was just awful to watch. In fact, I tweeted at halftime, <laughs> would you guys be mad at me if I switched over to the Napoli-Real Madrid game? <laughs> now, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't <laughs> because what followed in that second half was amazing. Amazing. But yeah. that first half was just awful. And then we go to the second half, and – Apparently, Inzaghi, I'm not sure. Some reports say he raised his voice in the locker room. I think Gazzetta reported that. Other mm-hmm. reports say he, he took a very, as Nima, um, who's been on the show before, said he took a very Sven Goran Eriksson approach and just kind of said, I'm not, I could make five substitutions. And this is what he said he said, that I could make five substitutions. But that's not but the problem. That's not the problem. Mm-hmm. And... One thing that you saw immediately out of halftime, obviously Arnautovic gets the first goal. Mm-hmm. And then Fertese gets the second, and then eventually get the penalty by Jerome. Borderline call, but still the penalty. Yeah. Um, is The reason why this match was symbolized by Jan Bisek, I've never seen a player have such a god-awful first half yeah. and then come out in the second half and look like Franz Beckenbauer. <laughs> I I was absolutely stunned. I mean the lad the tackles he was making, the the forward progression of the ball, he was amazing in that match, in that second half. Um you know, I I I was blown away by his performance, and that's why I think he symbolizes this match well. Um I you know, I wasn't surprised by the first half because you know, it's just – that's kind of what happens when you rotate that much. The teams never play together. Some of these yeah. guys haven't played at all. Yeah. But the second half meant – to show the mentality of the team was genuinely impressive. I don't know what you think, Dave. I'll hand it over to you. No, I, I, you very well said. Um, you, you described it 100% how I feel as well. Um, going into the match, for me, um, when I saw all, all of the, the changes um, – I I always say the same thing. Okay, it's very it's very clear for us this year that maybe management has made it clear to Inzaghi as well that they want the second star. So that's been the priority. We've seen him from the first game of the Champions League campaign, where you think you want to start strong with your strongest eleven. He rotates against Real Sociedad, so he made it clear for us that okay, you know what? I'm worried about the Scudetto. So when I saw all the changes, I'm like, okay, Inzaghi, as long as we we beat Napoli, hint hint hint. We're fine. So um, seeing the changes, I was expecting us to struggle, but not to that extent. Um, and to be honest, uh, a couple of those goals that we did concede were, were more of a, like balls bouncing the wrong direction, you know. And yeah. Mario got lucky. He was there. He was opportunistic, and he took advantage of it. He had a career day. Um, but I was very, very curious to see how we would react in the second half. Not just the team, but Inzaghi as well. I wanted to see if he was going to panic and throw on Lotaro and Barella and all the big names that he had to his, to his disposal and pretty much say, okay, you know what? Whatever my plan was for Napoli is, is out the window. Um, I was happy to see that he had um, he showed the, the conviction to stick to whatever his initial plan was and that although he did make the changes, uh, he made them 
as he probably would have made him anyways, you know? Um, and the, the comeback started with the bench players that we had there. It, it was Arnatovic and it was Fratezi, you know, until until um, Turam came in and, and had the impact. So I was happy to see it. And I also tweeted that um, for those that thought that the bat first half was an indication that we didn't have good death players. It was like Joe mentioned, those guys, they, they haven't played together. If if we know our team, we, we know one thing about our team is that it's a well-oiled machine. It's a lot of movements, a lot of movement without the ball, knowing, passing the ball, already knowing where your where, where your uh, um, where your teammate is supposed to be. You know, all that takes practice. And when you put a team out there that hasn't practiced together, it's not going to happen, and it took time. So I'm glad uh, it's equal again to the comeback against Juve. Um, it shows the team's mentality. Um, we had every reason to give up, you know, down three nil in Portugal for him to match that doesn't count. You know, we, we could have packed it in and like said, okay, you know what? We'll take it out of Napoli. The fact that we fought all the way to the end and um, Barella, I believe hit the woodwork late in that match. That means we had a decent, a, a realistic chance of winning it. It makes, it made me happy. It, it does. It, it continues to what we spoke about in the Juve match which is a, a show of good um, mentality for that team. And that's something that we're going to need to win this, the Scudetto, you know? Um, so what do you think, Joe? Well, um, I agree with every point. Um, one thing I'll add is there was a lot of questioning at halftime, whether, like you said, we have the depth. Do we, do we actually, is our depth real or not? Mm-hmm. I think that second half showed it's 100% real and it may not be as good as we think sometimes yeah um it's not bad um i think our switch is better than a lot of people give him credit for yeah he doesn't have the legs anymore mm-hmm. but he's still very technical yeah he still can he still can contribute in the build-up play and he's a good finisher um i think he'll contribute to this team well if we just give it some time um and then when it comes to uh, Aslani, is another point I wanted to mention. Yeah. Not a good first half. He gave away the ball for, I think, Porto's first or second goal. The second goal, yeah. Yeah. Um, but overall, he improved in the second half quite a bit. Um, I just think sometimes Aslani, in his mind, he's trying to do the pass that's going to impress everyone. Yeah. Right? The Hollywood pass. Yeah. And it's just like, all we need from you, Aslani, is just to do the simple things sometimes. The simple thing, yeah. And at that yeah. position, yeah, we need the simple things. But I wonder, uh, I won't let you finish, but I wonder, is it is it pressure on the kid to impress and, and earn more minutes, or is it just his he's just a show-off? What do you think? You know, I I don't know. I don't know. I think time will tell. Uh-huh. Um He's a regista, in my opinion, so I don't think it's positionally the wrong thing, but the wrong role for him. But I just think it's he's still very young. You know, Inter bought him after only half a season at Empoli, right out of their academy. And we have to be a little more patient with him, I think. This year, I do want to see growth. I really want to see growth. If yeah. there's not more growth this year, if we don't see a better decision maker, I'm going to start to worry a little bit. Yeah, because it's still boy. He's, he's 21, right? 21, yeah. Yeah. And he's 21 he, year old starting for the Albanian national team, qualified for the Euros. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. you know, not 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 a slouch. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, um, I, I'll even add. I, I believe I've I, we've seen some growth already. You know, um, I don't remember which match it was. Was it the Roman match where he had that beautiful switch of play to um Demarco and that yes. led to a goal. You know, yeah. um, that's yeah. that's what we want to see from our register. You know, so so the growth is there. The signs are there, and I believe as he continues to play, um, we'll continue to see more of it. Um, One thing I also say is, he, is he's two footed. He's two footed. Yes, and yes. that that's genuinely impressive. And it, it's something yeah. I, I'm still worth betting on that because it's a regista, <laughs> a two footed regista. It's it's. No, it's, I agree. Yeah, I agree. When your when your job is to be able to distribute the ball, being able to do it with any foot or any angle is 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 a key a key a key um attribute to have. So I agree with you 100 percent on that. Um, since we're on the, the the Champions League, I'm sure we're not going to circle back around to it. Let's do a quick touch on the next next match. You know, it's going to be the decider against Real Sociedad. Um, first off, I want to know if you guys even care about topping the group. And secondly, I want to know how, what do you guys expect? Do you guys believe we're going to get it done? Do you guys think Inzaghi is going to rotate against against Real Sociedad or whatnot? Go ahead. Those questions. I'll start with Risto first since he didn't talk um, last segment, and then we'll go to Joe. Ooh, I love the question. <laughs> uh, I think, yo, I'm excited about the Champions League because if we could do that <clears throat> with uh, Benfica's, you know, first, uh, with Benfica's first team in a league where uh, they're dominating as of now the league, Yeah, we saw what Porto can do last last Champions League and how far they can go. So mm -hmm. if uh, Inter's second team can hold up their ground with uh, Benfica, uh, a team, as Joe said, uh, I, 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 um, and 11 players that haven't played with each other at all, most yeah. probably, uh, with, um, with a goalkeeper that hasn't played a single minute in this season so far. Yeah. So I'm pretty much excited, especially after Barilla's uh, post in, 19, in the 95th minute, I think, something mm -hmm. like that. So that shows the mentality that we spoke about during the Juventus game. I think that is the key in Inter season and Inter adding the second star and in Inter competing for the Scudetto and, in my personal opinion, uh, the biggest favorite to win it all. I have... Um, let me just wait a second bear with me uh, i wanna just look at this with I, I it popped up on my on my feed uh the key takeaway from uh, i think the game against benfica and napoli is that inter can win it all ucl included uh sommer lautaro another level with turam and uh the champions league all together i think that's something that not only us I think we are more, we are even more like pessimistic, I would say, because we know what Inter can do and what Inter stands for. Yeah. And other people are more optimistic and more realistic, I think, in that way. So mm -hmm. it, it's always a key point to to listen to other people, especially people that are not Inter involved. Neutrals, yeah. Are not, yeah. Even, even people that, you know, do not like Inter, they can, uh, they can, publicly say that Inter's this season, Inter's mentality this season has been on another level. So us progressing uh, in the Champions League is going to be, I think, key. What I would like to see is us reaching the first place because 
uh, we we saw how important that is in previous Champions League, um, you know, rounds and uh, and uh, quarterfinals and whatnot. So I think that would be my goal to to win the first uh, to win the, the last match and therefore win the uh, the first place in the in the group stages, because the second place teams are I think a bit less quality than the first place teams in in this year's Champions League as well. That's that's a good point. Um, before I, I, I um, kick it over to Joe, um, what do you expect Inzaghi to do? Um, do you expect Inzaghi to treat that match as a important match that he's going to uh, play his strongest eleven, or is he going to continue his um, his theme of just rotating in um, in the Champions League so he can uh, keep his better eleven for the, the the league match? What do you think? I think as other Italian managers, I mean Italian managers in general do not like to rotate. I think uh, when they trust a player, they trust the player, like yeah. big and capital letters. So I think the uh, he changed up and switched up the team because the Napoli game, in my honest opinion, was more important than uh, the Benfica game. But he he saw how important uh, or how the game progressed, and when you are at the last uh, at the last at the last stage and at the last step, why not go for for it all and you know go for the first place because the napoli game is probably one of the one of the two three toughest games of the season so Agreed. none of the yeah none of the games moving forward until the end of the year until the end of the calendar year will not be as tough as uh, napoli was on paper so i think he will go with the, the best 11 that he has uh, on disposal maybe you can put a question mark on how good the starting 11 will be Especially mm-hmm. at the back, without uh, Pavar, Bastoni, De Vrij, you know, without any of your starting um, center backs. Backs, yeah. But we saw how good uh, Darmian and Acerbi in the Champions League final. He like pocketed Haaland, Haaland uh, yeah. and he's not he's not even a, in a, for a first team player. So I think he'll go with uh, with his, with the full team, in my honest opinion. Okay, now Joe, I, I want to go ahead and kick it over to you. Um, same questions. First off, um. You personally, as a fan, because um, I know I've seen some fans that don't that really don't care much about finishing first or second in the group. Do you care? And secondly, uh, what do you expect Inzaghi to do? Is he going to, to to go with his strongest eleven, or do you think he's going to rotate again? So my answer on this has evolved in the last month, or even just a couple weeks. Well, well, um, well. <laughs> originally I didn't care about this at all. Um, I want the round of 16 for the Club World Cup that's going to be played here in the United States. And we, mm-hmm. and then I just said, you know, I don't really care what goes on the knockouts. Well, then things changed. And I looked at the teams. And actually, I quote tweeted Adrian Del Monte's tweet that Tristo just showed. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the teams that are still in the competition. And when you really look at that, even Bayern, Man City, Real Madrid, there are players that scare me from those teams. Bellingham scares me. Holland scares me. Yeah, you know, go down the list. There are managers that scare me. The teams, they're flawed. They're all flawed. They're, at least as of now, they're all flawed. As of now, as of now, for sure. Um, and that's what made me kind of change my answer. I think we can do both. And I, I, I hate saying that because it's going to bite me probably later. <laughs> but I think we can do both. 
And that's and it's the hope that kills you. No, and, another, sure. and another thing that kind of made me change my mind on this is listening to ESPN FC as I do to torture myself and the prem faces on there and listening to when they had a question sent in from a fan on our arsenal the next contenders after the top group right the Real Madrid the Bayerns etc mm-hmm. and the host said well who else is there besides that group and it's just like and one Don Hutchinson to his credit said enter and he said enter what and yeah, it's just like yeah they laughed him off and it's it's i want to prove them wrong so badly and i think we can do it um as far as the benfica game i think he's gonna go full strength it's sandwiched in between udinese on sunday or saturday saturday and um lazio on the sunday i think he's gonna rest players against udinese and then on the Tuesday against Sociedad, he's going to go full strength. And I think he should. I think he should because, as Fristo said, those second-place teams, they're not very good this year. And first place is important. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. Um, to be honest, uh, go ahead, Fristo. You have something to say? Sorry to, to interrupt. No, you're fine. I just wanted to read out the the teams um, the teams currently in the Champions League uh, as first yeah, and second yeah, place. Please. Mm-hmm. So we have Bar Copenhagen, one two, Arsenal PSV, one two. Wait, as as you as you go, can you also tell us if there's a chance of that changing in in, in the last yeah, match I mean, day? Uh, you can continue with your point, and I'll share the screen in in the meanwhile. Okay, perfect. Yeah, no, but what I was saying is that I'm I'm with you guys. Um, not only um, you know, it it sucks that as fans you have to start thinking like that a bit, but. Just from from a financial standpoint, I just want us to get as much money as we can possibly from from the Champions League, and I'm sure there's a difference from finishing first and second and, and all of that. Um, you know, you got to start calculating those things just so you don't lose your favorite players. You know, <laughs> so um, I want us to finish first, uh, and also I um, I expect Inzaghi to actually try his hardest, and and um, as as um, as Joe said give us the best 11 that he possibly can while also keeping in mind that we have Lazio coming up. Um, Lazio have been struggling in the league, but um, that's one team that since Inzaghi has become our coach that we, in my opinion, we, we, we haven't really dominated as I wanted. We seem to have lost to, we, we, I believe we've lost to them each year. You know, yeah. We, the Olympico we, especially. Yeah. At the, at the Olympico. So that's a match. That's, that's a, a, a demon that I want us to slay. So, that's that's it to wrap up the the Champions League. Unless you guys had something you wanted to add, I think Risto is gonna show the uh, share the screen. So let's go ahead and do that, Risto, and then we're gonna go to to Napoli to wrap it up. Yeah, sure. Uh, you have Bayern Munich that has qualified so far. Copenhagen oh, yeah. are playing Galatasaray. Just imagine Inter Galatasaray, Cardi coming back to Mats. <laughs> that would be a dream scenario. Uh, we have uh, Arsenal PSV. One two already qualified. <clears throat> you have Real Madrid wait, already. Qualified. Wait, so give me a second. So Arsenal are definitely gonna finish first in that group, right? They have twelve points and yeah. PSV have yeah. eight. Okay, so yeah, and PSV PSV are qualified. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's it for that group. You have okay. Real Madrid already qualified as first, and mm-hmm. Napoli most probably are gonna qualify with Braga and Napoli playing each other. Okay. You have. Inter and Real Sociedad playing 
against each other for the first place. Mm-hmm. You have Atletico Madrid and Lazio, and they're playing each other for the first place. For the first place, uh-huh. Dortmund and PSG are playing, and Newcastle are playing Milan, so Newcastle has to win the match, and PSG has to lose against Dortmund. Not impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, Man City and Leipzig, and you have Barcelona and probably so oh, the yeah. discrepancy is huge. Yeah, only um the second that 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 was to come out of Milan's group, that's the only team that probably would worry me. Group F, you know, mm-hmm. so whether that's a PSG or, or Dortmund or Newcastle <clears throat> as a second team. But yeah, uh, I think we definitely should go for the first, and that, that's not a nothing's guaranteed, of course. But that would give us a better chance of moving on to at least the quarterfinals of the Champions League. All right, so now let's get to it. Let's get to it, guys. Yesterday was the big match that Inzaghi was preparing for that caused him to make eight changes in the Champions League match. It was against Napoli, and um, as you guys saw, uh, our boys they performed. Um, they really did not let us down. It was. I'm not going to call it a domination because Napoli did have their chances. They had their moments in the games as well, the game as well. But the scoreline says that we were the much better team and 3-0. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with Joe this time. Um, go ahead, bro. Give me, um, Take me through your emotions. First off, uh, before the match, tell me how you felt. Did you expect us to, to win? Did you expect a draw? What were your feelings? And tell me the game. Yeah, so before the match, I was less nervous than the match against Juventus. Um, even though it was Mazzari's coming home party for Napoli, Mazzari doesn't exactly intimidate me as much as Allegri. Sorry. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I was a little concerned because Napoli have two world-class players up front. Let's be real. Corselia and uh, Osimhen are world-class. And, you know, it was a little – that that's the only thing that really worries me about that team. Obviously, they have other players too, but – they don't have a left back right now. And I knew we could exploit that space. And to add to that, as the match progressed, I'd say from minute one to minute 90, I was impressed with the performance. Um, there were moments where we fell off a bit. Um, we're a bit off the tempo. But overall, I was so impressed with the defense, the center back. As he, the center backs as a unit, even when DeVry went out and Carlos Augusto slotted, he was fantastic. Yep. Um, I think Constacorta, um, former Milan defender, said before, during our Champions League match against, he was doing the pregame for the Champions League match in Italian against um, when we played Benfica. Mm-hmm. And he said, Inter are the best team defensively in Europe. And when I read that quote, I said, "That that's that's a high compliment." And one, and the I guy did knows not, his defenses. Yes, he does. <laughs> and I was I was taken aback by that. But after watching that Napoli match, I'm just like, "Dude, maybe onto something," um, because that was a makeshift back line of Darmian, who's not a first stringer, as much as I love him, um, a Cherubi, who is a first stringer, and. Uh, Carlos Augusto, who slotted in for minute 16. And it's like, 
they hardly allowed Napoli a sniff at times. And yes, Summer was great. He made some fantastic saves. But that defense was elite. Elite. And I just, I can't, I don't know what you guys think about that, but I was so impressed. No, I agree. A hundred percent. I'm, I'm going to throw it to you in a bit, Risto, but since we're talking about the defense, uh, I've been impressed as well. Um, when you talk about, when you see the struggles Onana is going through in, in Man United, um, I was watching, uh, I believe, I think their match against Galatasaray. Um, and they said, like, hey, listen, this, this is not the same guy that we saw at Inter last year. And maybe it's time to start looking at the defense that was playing in front of him. And that's what it is. Uh, we saw how uh, Lukaku mentioned it last year that we started the year trying to play a high line and being more uh, f- more, uh, more forward thinking. But when that, when that wasn't working, we decided to start to go back to the low block and um, attack on the counters. And that's exactly what's been benefiting um, not just the defense, but also the goalkeeper. Summer has made tremendous saves, reflex saves when, when he's been called upon, but it, that hasn't been as often, you know. So that defense, it definitely it definitely deserves the credit, not just by individuals, but the system that Inzaghi has implemented of how the team defend um, the defense, because it seems to be, like, interchangeable. The Vrij or Serbi, when Bastoni's there, we were fine. When Pavar was there, we were fine. You know, and Bisek, in my opinion, okay, he's been, he's been the – I guess this, the the suspicious player out of out of out of all of them, and of course that's because he's young, he's learning, and this is a big jump from him from from Denmark where he was playing last. So we got to give him some grace. But other than that, it seems like whoever Inzaghi happens to throw in back there, it just does a job and does it well. Um, so yeah, I agree. The defense has been much improved this year, and I'm glad that it's, it's starting to get uh to get the, the 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 credit that it deserves. Risto, let's talk about the defense. Um, since that's what we're talking about right now. And then we'll evolve more about the game. You pointed out that Sommer didn't have much to do in the past. I mean, at least Napoli. Uh, but I think that's the the most important quality in a goalkeeper to to be concentrated and to be present when called upon. Yeah, I think that's the sole quality that a goalkeeper has to have to be uh, a world class. I, I think yeah. I know where you're going with this. No, no, no. I'm not going to even go anywhere else. Um, <laughs> going, going a bit front to the to the uh, defense, mm-hmm. I think as a unit, we have been amazing this season. I mean, yep. you can take out Pavard, a World Cup winner, a serial winner with Bayern Munich, and put someone like Darmian, who was brought in for nothing, to be, mm-hmm. I know, backup to the backup, and he's been amazing. You yep. put in a Cherby, he's a world class. You put in Carl, Carlos Augusto, who even Inzaghi said, I think, in the post-conference that he hasn't played uh, as centre-back in a year and a half. The last time he played uh, as a centre-back was uh, for Monza in the last, I think, B, round right? of the... Yeah, Serie B. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's, a, that's something that we have to have our eye on. But when someone is called upon this season in the defence, they, they reached out and they answered co- correctly which hasn't been the case last season. Agreed, agreed. All right, so let's keep going then. Um, Joe wanted to definitely give the defense a praise, and that's that's definitely something that I agree on. I, I'm glad that we kind of made it a section within the the, the match to, to give the defense the praise that it, it needs. And again, it's not just 
individual players is Inzaghi who, who's realized, okay, this is how I want to set up this team to defense, the, the, to defend, and this is how we're going to be more successful. And um, I don't remember Vara giving us much of much, uh, much many problems yesterday. And Austin, man, he had a couple moments and also the penalty, which I, I definitely want us to talk about. I don't want us to just graze over it since it's an inter podcast. I want us to actually have a, 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 a deep talk about that as well. Okay. Um, but let's, let's talk about Hakan's goal guys. Um, first off, uh, of course, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen the rival fans talking about the foul in the buildup. Uh, do you guys believe there was a foul in the buildup? And, um, of course, that strike by Hakan. Um, you guys have seen the, the gift that's been going around. The ball it barely, well, it doesn't touch the ground. The, the trajectory is, is something I can watch on loop over and over again. So I'm going to throw it to you first, Joe. Um, tell me, um, do you think there was a, a, a foul in the buildup? And um, tell me what you thought about the goal. So I'm going to, I think there was a foul in the buildup for the first goal. Mm -hmm. Um now that doesn't take away from Hakan's strike, yeah. but there was there was a foul. Um, if we believe that Alexis Sanchez in what was that? That was um, the Derby and Ozanzaki's first year where we lost two one. If we believe that he was fouled in the build up to that goal, yeah. we kind of have to believe that this one was too. Um, so uh, perhaps a bit fortunate in that regard. Um, but overall, that goal is stunning. That goal is absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, in terms, do you want me to touch on the penalty, or do you want to touch on that later? Uh, we can touch on it a little later. Let's let's talk, let's talk about okay. the goal first, and let's see if we can go in order. I think the penalty happened in the second half, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so let's touch about the penalty after we, we're finishing discussing the goal. But um, yeah, Russo, uh, the goal. I mean. First off, the foul. Do you believe there was a foul? I, I appreciate Joe for saying that he thinks it was a foul. You know, like that's that's honesty. And um, tell me, Risto, tell me um, your end. Um, do you think there was a foul in the buildup? Should have been called back. And um, also the scratch, the the Hakan strike. Tell me how you feel. I don't think it was, it was a penalty, just because Lobotka. No, not, not the not the penalty. Um, the oh, foul. sorry. Uh, it wasn't a foul <clears throat> because Lobotka actually put yeah. his body in front of Lautaro and then he fell off and then Lautaro did what he did. So I think uh, it was initiated by uh, Lobotka and that's why it wasn't called called for a foul. I think that was that was a key moment in the whole build up of the of the of the of the goal. Uh -huh. And I even have a video uh, but regardless I think that was the main reason why um, the referee didn't call it as a foul. And then on the, the game went on, the play went on, and the goal was simply magnificent. Hakan has been uh, an amazing signing, an amazing player so far uh, for us. And he yeah. managed to replace Brozo as, as the playing playmaker, which I thought was probably impossible. But yeah. he yet again showed us how good of a signing he was, uh, even last year. And now he has performed in another position. So um, it wasn't a it wasn't a foul. But I think the goal was. I mean, I know it was magnificent. Okay, uh, okay. So Risto doesn't think it was a foul. Um, me personally, uh, I I was I wasn't able to see the game live, so I wasn't reacting with everybody. So I, I guess I, I had that clarity of, of seeing it in a vacuum by myself, watching the game by myself late night. Um, 
when I saw it, uh, it seemed like Lotaro not only he played the ball, he got the pass off, and he was just falling backwards and kind of pulled Lobatka down with him as he was falling backwards. Uh, to me, the fact that Lotaro actually played the ball and passed it, I would I wouldn't have called that a foul. Um, so personally, um, I'm okay with how it went. And I say that to say this, um, had the referee decided, you know what, this is a foul, Lotaro pulled him down. Look, you see, we're watching it. You see, he passes it. He plays the ball. And then as he's falling, he pulls him down. Um, had the referee decided this is a foul, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have complained about it. Um, but I'm glad that he let it play and we get to, to have that goal in the archives, man. That was that was a beautiful strike. You don't you don't you don't catch strikes like that as often. You you could do it in practice as many times as you want, but to do it in a game like this. That was sublime, man, and I, I can't say much about Hakan. I'm a guy that was a meme to us when he was playing for Milan. He was one of the, the easiest guys to pick on. Now he's turned in to be one of the first names in the starting 11 for us and one of the most important players, you know, especially we were just speaking about Aslani and how questionable he still is. So that tells you how, how important Hakan even is to us. Um, so I guess I guess that's gonna wrap up the first goal. Let's move on to the next episode. Then the next episode in the game that is worth discussing is um, Osimhen's penalty shout in the in the second half. Um, Joe, you were gonna start off, and I kind of stopped you earlier, so I want to give you the opportunity to, to take a stab at it at first. Um, tell me, uh, how do you feel? Do you feel like it was a penalty? Um, go go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let you start. No, 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 not a penalty. Um, not, I mean, this is a contact sport. At least it still is. Mm -hmm. And not every contact is going to be a penalty. And it's a very, very, if you're going to give that, it's a bit scandalous. It's a very light grazing of the Achilles. And no, no. I mean, if that was, if we benefited from that call and they called it a penalty for us, I wouldn't have felt right. So I have to. I looked at it from that regard, and that's kind of just how I feel. Hmm. Now, I can understand why Napoli fans might be a feel bit agreed because that's been called before mm -hmm. for other teams. But mm -hmm. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, I, I. If that starts getting called a penalty consistently, the game's gone. No, I agree. I agree. Bristol, go ahead. I, I want to hear what you have to say about that. You seem surprised at Joe's answer, so I want to hear. I it. think if that was a, in Inter's favor, so if Inter was actually on the receiving end of that foul, I would have been raging at home because it's a contact sport. But at the same time, I think he intervened with uh, with um, Osiman, and I think that could have been given as a foul like if if the first one you said was foul the second one has to be as well because the second one actually has something to do with interference and him influencing the outcome in terms of Osman not getting the ball so i thought it was like i was when i saw the situation i was like oh this is a pen yeah it's a light touch but if it was the other way around i think i would have been I would have wanted Inter to receive a penalty. That's how, yeah. how I look at situations like that. If I'm not sure, would I be mad if that wasn't given for Inter? Yeah. I mean, it was. It, it's a light penalty, but it still is a penalty. 
we've seen handballs given, like slight handballs given as a penalty. So I think it has to be. I, I've always been the advocate of you know handballs always a foul or always a penalty because you have to make matters simple because the referees you know we we have seen so many controversies with referees in the past month i've seen like more than i've seen in the in past few years or, or in the past decade you know yeah. bef even before var like there's so crazy many because, because var var was supposed to clean all that up you know but it just var brought everything up to the surface it brought yeah. every imperfection to the surface yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so um to to me, um, since we're yeah. discussing the, the penalty, um, I want to be honest. Uh, to me, I thought that was a penalty. Um, in 2023 football, that, that's a penalty in my opinion um, because uh, Osterman did the, the smart thing by putting his foot between the ball and Acerbi, and Acerbi kind of grazed him in the Achilles, and he, he, he took the tumble, you know, um, I'll go even further and say that a couple penalties that Turam has won this season, they've been the same kind of penalties, you know, with light little touch and he went down and we say, hey, here's the, here's the contact, it's a penalty. So in my opinion, that was a penalty. Um, hey, I, as an Inter fan, it benefited us. Uh, I'm not going to cry about it, but since we have a podcast and we are discussing it, in my opinion, I have to, I have to be honest. Um, now, when Joe said, that, "Listen, if we start giving those, the game has has gone," um, I, I I agree with that a hundred percent because um, I've been watching football since before all of this, you know. And um, this was a very soft call. This is this is something that guys probably would get booked for in the nineties, you know, for simulation, you know, trying to trip the ref. But in today's game with the VAR, where they look at the minimal contact, everything's in slow motion. Uh, in my opinion, it should have been given. Um, maybe because the referee w waved it off and um, there was no clear and obvious error, there wasn't nothing as uh, egregious enough to make him change it. Maybe that's why they didn't change it. But um, in my opinion, they should have been. It should have been given. That's how I feel about it. You know, um, I don't know if you guys want to add anything else to the penalty incident before we move on to the next episode of the game. But th that was my opinion. Okay, so let's let's go on then. The second goal, that second goal uh, that happens, I believe, with Carlos Augusto, he he has he has that touch to Lotaro on the on um on the left wing, I believe, and um he he was able to spot Barella making that delayed run from the midfield and beautiful pass and Barella with that skill able to do the twinkle toes thing and dribble and finish. What a goal! And uh, that's coming off fresh. I mean. I know um, we speak a lot about football Twitter as if it's really like the center of the football world, but I think us being from Twitter and having Twitter accounts, we, we kind of know what's going on in the football Twitter world. I say that to say this, before the game, there was this big Premier League account pretty much criticizing Barella, saying that if he had to play in a Premier League, he would not be able to play in, in a big big seven side because uh, he likes the speed or chance creation or whatever it was, you know, and it's, to me, that game yesterday was a complete display of all those skills that he said that Barella didn't have. And that was uh, the goal was a coronation of that. So I'll go with you guys. I'll go with Risto first. Um, how do you feel about that second goal? Tell me your reaction. Um, did, was that a relief to you? Did you feel like the game was over by then? Let's go. Tell me. That goal was fucking amazing <laughs> because going 
going from Chakhanoglu's goal to Barella's goal, yes. it's like, you know, from one amazing thing to another. Yes. I was amazed with his ball handling. It's not something that we haven't been used to with Barella. Uh, as you said, the comments that we saw on Twitter, I mean, they're not even worth commenting or talking yeah. about because yeah. like most of Inter's team would dominate the league and especially the coach. I think I'm not even going to waste more than 10 seconds. The goal was amazing. Uh, the build-up play was really good. Uh, I liked Carlos Augusto's touch with with, uh, with outside of his left foot. Uh, Lautaro being unselfish as ever with cutting inside and passing the ball to, to Barella. And Barella just, you know, a silky smooth touch, scoring an amazing goal. So tell me, how do you feel at, at that moment? I believe uh, this was the 61st minute. Um, of course, there's yep. plenty of time to go. Um, I'm sure you didn't think that the game was over. But um, did you feel like, okay, you know what, we got this. We're, we're going to be able to see this through or we're going to go in and, and score more. Tell me, how. You, what, what were your thoughts when you, when that second goal went in? Pasinter. Pasinter, so you feel like, okay, okay, what anything can happen. <laughs> I mean, you, you hope for the best. But, but you know the worst could happen. That, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> always a possibility. But I think Napoli was not very potent throughout the match. And although one would be worried about the result and worry about the outcome, I think deep down I was calm because, yeah, it's past Inter. But also this Inter feels different. This Inter has showed to be different than other versions of Inter. And I was at peace because I knew that we had all the pieces in the right place. So even if we considered, I think we would have had a higher chance of bouncing back to 3-1 than we would be to considering another goal for uh, the match to end 2-2. Okay, yeah, I'll go to you now, Joe. Um, same questions. Uh, first off, um, watching it live, I'm sure like uh, at 1-0, you're probably thinking, okay, uh, we need to get the next goal. We need to put this away. Did you feel like that second goal uh, was was like a relief that tells you, okay, you know, we're going to be able to, to get away from the Maradona with the three points? Or did you feel like, okay, Pata enter, it doesn't matter. We still we could still lose this or, or draw this. So usually every single time we're up, we're up in a game and it doesn't matter what the score is, I always feel like, okay, we got to get to the 90th minute, and if it's 3-0, okay, I think we're fine. Um, because Pazza Inter, right? This match and this team has given me a different feeling. And I don't know what it was. After that second goal goes in, I had a confidence. I don't know what it was, but it's just, it was confidence that we can do this now. You know, not that the match was won, because 2-0 is a very dangerous lead. It is. But we can do this. And I, I was I was very confident. I was very confident after that went in. It's a beautiful goal. I actually had to watch it twice on the re on when I watched the match the second time because I, I didn't I didn't realize um Carlos Augusto came up there. And I was just like, Where'd you come from, buddy? Like, um I didn't realize that Augusto came up for that goal and it was like, Wow, you know, his touch was excellent. And the interchanging positions with DeMarco is very interesting. 
No, I agree. Um, I feel like it, that's something that I wanted to ask you guys. Um, of course, we, we've seen it. We, we saw it. We, we see it all the time with, with Bastoni when he's fit and playing, that license to go forward and get involved in the attack. Um, do you feel like... Uh, do you feel like Carlos Augusto played that role as well as Bastoni did? Because to me, seeing him and, and um, Demarco interchange, like you said, it was it it it, it was quite a, quite impressive to me, and it felt like the Napoli players didn't know how to defend it. They didn't, they didn't know which one of them was gonna go and which one of them was gonna stay at points. Uh, so tell me, how do you feel about Carlos Augusto covering that role? I don't want to be too reactionary over one match, but I also will admit that I considered after watching that match and his performance at center back, both defensively and in attack, whether he should remain in that position full time as a left center back. And now obviously not at the expense of Bastoni, but you know, maybe you could do a workout of rotation sort of thing. No, for sure. For sure. He, he no. was that good. He was that good. No, I agree. I thought the same, honestly, I thought the same. Um, and of course he hasn't been bad and as a left wing back, but, I definitely feel like his his performance yesterday as a left center back was better than was probably his best performance I entered so far. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm 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 forgetting a match. If if I am, I apologize. But just fresh off my head, I felt like that was the best. That was the most important performance that we've gotten from Carlos Augusto. All right, so let's wrap it up. The Napoli game with the the third goal, the dagger. Um, how do you guys feel? Um, of course. Watch, watching your team win a, a big match like that against the reigning champions 3-0 is, is, is an amazing feeling. But watching watching that third goal go in, it's like knowing what the talk is going to be around Italy about how dominant Inter are and how it's going to become, you know what, if we don't win it now, it's a failure, it's all that stuff. How do you guys feel about that, that third goal? Let's, let's go with Risto first, and then I'll go to Joe. I mean, it's like you said, the best. We we played Benfica. We were three 0 down. Everyone was piling on Inter. Now Inter wins three 0 Everyone is praising Inter. So there's no escaping the, the the spotlight and the limelight. But good teams never do escape the limelight. They just enjoy the time when they are not in the limelight. They just you know getting the, their shit together to, to go back to the limelight. So the third goal was just cherry on the cake. And a, a really good assist from Cuadrado, uh, a player that I've been excited to see at Inter, a player that has that had a few injuries in the season so far. So him coming back in such a huge game and assisting uh, to, to Turam, who, you know, rounded up the game with a goal and i couldn't be happier for him it was you know we at the time we knew inter and we knew that the match is gonna be um a win in inter's favor they had a couple of chances before the goal um that turam scored but nothing serious i don't think turam fully deserved the goal so it was a jammy goal but i think turam's instinct to escape the defense and to you know score a tap in i think that that's that's a quality that like elite strikers have that's what uh icardi had 
and that's what Turam is probably uh, having at the moment and developing as the as the season progresses. No, I agree, and um, that's that's the main thing I always try to mention every time we speak about Turam. Uh, this is his second year playing playing as as a striker full time, you know. So in his his first year playing in a two man striker system, so he's still learning. There's there's no telling because we see how the quality in the player, how technical he is, how smart he is. He's he's an intelligent player, so you know he's gonna figure it out, and you know he's gonna get better than he is right now as a striker. So uh, to me, in two three years, Turam could be a guy that we could actually think about as a 20 goal scorer I, I believe he has the, the ability to do it and that's on top of him being that that guy that creates all the assists and, and draws all the penalties so joe tell me how you feel about that third goal um you know uh, of course it's the cherry on the cake uh you know like was it like a moment for you to that signifies you know the changing of the guards per se you know or am i am i going a little too far too early too soon no no not at all um one thing I will say about that goal is I just want to pick it back on what you guys said. It made me so happy. It's just a tap-in. But knowing he's only been a striker for one year before this, I'm so happy to see him scoring the easy ones. Because we've seen this season, for all the good he's done, he can fluff his lines at times. And yes. to see him score those types of goals made me so happy. It's just like that's growth right there. And that that's just so fantastic to see. And I'll add that the celebration to the waving, taking off a shirt and waving in the air um, was really cool. People were saying it was reminiscent of Adriano when he played mm -hmm. for Inter. I forgot what game that was, but it was awesome. So, yeah, it was a cherry on top of the cake, and it was a great way to end the match. No, I agree 100%, 100%. And I'm sure he knew that he was going to be subbed off anyway because he saw we had Arnatovic waiting to get subbed off. So he was like, you know what, I'll take a yellow card, take my shirt off, and we're going to go out with a bang. <laughs> but um, what do you, do you guys want to add anything else to that Napoli game? Um, since we, we spoke about the, the goals, uh, the, the penalty. Um, Napoli, of course, they're still a work in progress under Mazzari. Um, so I didn't expect them to give us much trouble. Hopefully um, they figure it out and they could at least secure a top four because it would, it would suck for them to go from winning the Scudetto to completely out of the top four as they they currently are. Um, do you guys want to add anything else to the game? And then before that, um, I want us to, to go through the comments and see if we can answer any quick questions or react to, to comments. Yeah, um, I'll just say on Napoli that um, it's, it's really weird how they've kind of destroyed that whole thing in less than a year, so much for the yes. dynasty. But it's just, it's very strange. Um, hiring Rudy Garcia was weird. Hiring Matsari is even weirder. So, and the only player that the only player that lost was Kim, right? Really? Yep. All they lost yeah. was Kim, and then they added, right? They're supposed to get kind of better, but they just, they spent poorly. They sold a key yeah. piece. And it just hasn't worked out. I mean, sucks. Uh, replacing Spalletti with Rudy Garcia was never gonna work. Like that was that was like replacing Mourinho with uh, Rafa Benitez, right? Worse, like, he, he was playing in the good. Saudi league. That's crazy, like, and, and su supposedly he did the same thing Benitez did when he came in and is like, you know what? I'm gonna get rid of whatever Spalletti was doing. It's gonna be my way, as opposed to just trying to do some kind of continuation. Yeah, I don't remember whose podcast I was listening to. Um, they said that, yeah. Never mentioned his name once at a press conference. 
Never mentioned oh his predecessor's God. name once at a press conference. He is. I, I I will never understand that man after what he's done at Napoli. Just criminal. Ridiculous, ridiculous. But wait, we have to to talk about Juve real quick before we, we wrap it up, um, guys. Uh, I know I was. I'll raise my hand. I was the cocky one saying, "Hey, the way they're winning the games, it's not sustainable. Soon they'll start dropping points. They can't hang with us." They're still hanging, and yesterday they had a sweat a little bit because going into that Napoli game, we were in second position because they took care of their business. No matter how they did it, they're continuing to do it the Allegri way. So I'm going to ask you guys, are you guys shaking in your boots yet for Juve, or uh, are you guys at least taking them a little more seriously than than before? I'll have Risto take this one first. I see you were shaking his head. Go ahead, Risto. With a defense containing... Gatti and Rugani. They're the second point. best defense in the league right now behind us. Yep, exactly. Like, if they win the league, it would be the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. I, and I thought I saw the most remarkable thing I've ever seen with Pioli and Krunic yeah. becoming <laughs> Serie A winners. Like, I would applaud if you can get Juventus to win the Scudetto with Gatti. Rugani and Western McKenney, who was shipped out on loan to a shit football club Leeds. in Germany yeah. called Schalke, coming back. No, you want to leave. <laughs> like, oh my God, with Rabiot, their key player in the midfield. Rabiot. Okay, like, so let's 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 speak directly then. So, uh, are you saying that you still expect them to to eventually? fall back to the wayside and we should we should start building a lead soon the difference between the first and the second is that what you're saying because they got napoli should, coming up next we should be doing that i don't think we will but at the same time i don't want inter to be complacent i don't want inter to think oh we won it all because we haven't mm -hmm. i don't want to see inter not trying because if you are complacent in the league you'll ship that form over in the Champions League and nothing will ever be done. I agree. We I don't want complacency, but what I do want, I want breathing room. The fact yes. that the fact that um if they win their game, they played before us, so if they win their game, they go first and then we have to win ours to go back. I don't like that. I want at least four or five points in between to know at least we can fuck up one game and we'll still be first. You know, that's, that's kind of how I feel. How about you, Joe? Tell me. How do you, are you are you taking Juve more seriously, or are you still or you are you like Risto? You expect them to eventually start falling back and us to build 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 a build a little more more lead in between us. I'm in between those two positions. So on the last pod, I think I said they remind me of Inter and Mancini's first return season. Yeah, you and did. kind of how because we had those one nil victories at the beginning of the season. And it, it just didn't look very sustainable in the end, looking back at it. I agree, no. I agree. So I kind of feel that way. But this Juve team has a lot of structure. And that worries me a little bit. You know, yes, you know, they have McKinney and other players. I mean, McKinney was hated at Leeds when he went on loan last year. Yeah. I mean, they got relegated and they booed him. Mm. Um, and so I... Allegri's a really good coach. Yes, his football at times makes you want to pound your head against a wall if you're a human <laughs> fan. But he's a good coach. He gets he gets he gets results. 
and, and I think he's he's wanted the most out of all the active coaches right now. Yeah, right? yeah, and so he, he knows what he's doing. Yep, and playing once a week, it's we're not going to run away with this title. I don't think, just because of the amount. I mean, they are playing Napoli on Friday, and I'm fingers crossed Napoli gets something from that. I'm not expecting it because I believe it. I believe Juve at home. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll see. The game is being played on a, on a Friday evening. So yep. Friday the eighth. Yep. So that match, will, if Juventus fail to win and Inter does, so that means like five points or four points clear of Juventus. That'd be awesome. So, That's what I'd like. Just 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 a little more breathing room. That's what I'd like. Um, but yeah, we got to wrap it up real soon. But first, I wanted to do a quick scan and restore if you can of the comments, see if we can um, just answer some quick questions and sure. react real quick. So thank you everybody for, for coming on. I know it was short notice and you guys you guys showed up for us as always. We appreciate it. Oh, Hi, so thank, the thank, thank you, Dan. So in the name of everyone, happy birthday, Dave. Thank you guys. Uh, a year older and 10 <laughs> years wiser. So 100%. yes, happy birthday, Dave. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Other than that, I think I showed every single comment that popped up. Um, okay. There are no questions, but there were so many um, observations. So mm -hmm. I think the last observation is the one <laughs> in the podcast on. Oh, what a bum. You guys saw his, his whole situation where, um, I guess, when Monza equalized, he went and taunted Rabio, and they went right back and scored, and they lost. Like, what a dope. Like, <laughs> you know, he's been, he's, he's been decent for Monza this year, too, in a, in a very limited role. Mm -hmm. But that was so monumentally dumb. What an idiot. That is him. I, but all right, then, guys. Um, thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it. We're going to try to to go live after the next match against Udinese, and hopefully we get more breathing room between us and Juve, and we start building at least a little bit of a lead because so I could be a little more comfortable. Risto, you want to send us off, and don't forget the... All right, great stuff, fellas. Great stuff, great stuff.